Pastor Ray Bentley says you can't read scripture without meeting Christ. Everything in the Bible points to Jesus. There were all these scholars and scribes and they could barely look up from their own genius to pay attention to the real Messiah who's walking among them. Jesus looked at all these smart people and he said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have life and they are they which testify of me. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Today, we continue our journey through the Gospel of Luke. We're side by side with Jesus as the 70 disciples had sent out return with reports of great progress and sharing God's plan of redemption. It's a plan that brings people face to face with Jesus and his sacrifice for their sins. Here's Pastor Ray. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse uh, 17, it says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. These guys had experienced individual victories as they went from village to village and city to city. But Jesus saw these individual victories in a larger setting, in a larger spiritual battle in which Satan was being dethroned as well as defeated. And I want you to know that every victory that you have in Christ, even though you may feel personally, but who am I? And and I'm so small and and, uh, I may feel that I am so weak, yet we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And the truth is that each individual victory is important to the Lord no matter how insignificant it may seem to you. And cumulatively, God is doing great and mighty things. And uh, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And we need to know, and, and in fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Satan, it's not that we're to go out and defeat Satan. Satan is already defeated, past tense. 2,000 years ago. The world looks and says, oh, Jesus got humiliated on the cross. The Holy Spirit says through the Apostle Paul, no, Jesus bore sin and it was sin that was humiliated on the cross. The curse was humiliated on the cross. Death was humiliated on the cross. Satan was Disarmed principalities and powers were disarmed and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. The cross is the triumph. The cross is the glory of God. The cross, which is foolishness to the world, is the wisdom of God. It is the love of God 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, look with me in verse 21. We'll pick up where we left off then. So he says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Verse 21, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. It's almost like Jesus had to just yield to this compulsion to pray, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. To whom is given divine revelation. What is Jesus rejoicing in? What is he so excited about? What is he so filled with happiness about? He is marveling at his Father's glory and and delight and, and wisdom in revealing supernatural divine secrets to simple people. And that those who were the wise and those who were the brains and those who were the intellects and those who were the culture makers and the influencers and the rich and famous, as we would say, they didn't get it. They didn't see it. He rejoiced in that. And may I say, it is possible to read the Bible and yet not hear the word of the Lord. It is possible to know and read Greek to understand and interpret the original Hebrew language, to be an expert in history and theology, to be called by the world a biblical scholar, and yet at the same time be one who has actually lost their faith along the way of studying and research and divine wisdom and philosophy and humanly standing over the Bible and judging it and what is real and what is not and what is to be believed and what is not and what is to be thrown out and what is to be kept and literally end up being an agnostic who no longer necessarily believes there is a heaven or there is a hell or that Jesus really is the divine revelation of God. It is possible to be that and there are unfortunately a vast number of them, and then they write books, and they have their titles and their degrees, and they sell lots of copies, and they are looked up to, and with all their puffiness and being puffed up, and yet they have no knowledge of God. They have no real genuine experience of the Holy Spirit. They have no relationship, there's no dynamic, there's no power, there's no spirit, there's no miracles in their life, there's no evidence of a, of a relationship with God at all. It's tragic and it's sad. Why? Jesus tells us in verse 21, it's for a very simple reason. God Almighty, the Creator, all you have to, if you forget, how big is God? Go outside of a building, look up into the sky, whether day or night, and look at the vastness of the universe. That God, who is now desirous to be your Father, has designed that secrets, divine revelation comes to the simple. Divine truth comes to the humble. Divine truth is not for the elect or the elite or the wealthy or the smart or the powerful. It's at the bottom, as it were, shelf. Little children, in fact, are the ones that he reveals these secrets. And, and Jesus, this wasn't just a fact that Jesus laid as another truth along the way of discipleship. He stopped and was excited about it and prayed about it and rejoiced in it 
because he saw all the guys that looked so holy and had the robes and they had the credentials and who were looking down their nose at him saying, we don't think you qualify. And he was the Messiah. And who, who sees it? You know, the cussing fisherman named Peter and a couple of brothers and a tax collector and some prostitutes and, and all these losers in the eyes of the religious community and the elite. And they saw divine truth that the prophets had only prophesied about in ancient times. They didn't just receive a prophecy about the Messiah, they saw him in the flesh and they believed in him and they witnessed his glory and they heard his voice and they were touched by him and healed by him and delivered by him and walked with him and knew him. I I'm jealous of those guys. How many of you would not mind going and being with Jesus for three and a half years, 2,000 years ago? Would that be amazing? Oh, I would love that. This was a cause of tremendous joy for Jesus personally in his own spirit. And uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 through 29, Paul mentions that to the Corinthians, who, you know, Corinth, a city of Greece, a pretty smart, well-educated people. But here's what Paul says. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. You know, it's interesting that um, John chapter 7, verse 48, some of the people, this is what, how they reason. They said, okay, well, wow, he's amazing. He does miracles. Nobody's ever talked like him, but have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? If he really is of God, and if he really is of the Holy Spirit, and if he really is the Messiah, then have any of our, you know, those that we look up to, have they accepted him? Now the answer to that question would be, yes, there were Pharisees who believed. There, were, there was a Joseph of Arimathea, there was a Nicodemus, but they were not the majority. They were a minority. But they were basically by their attitude saying, and maybe in our generation we'd say, well, you know, are all the intellectuals uh, saying that, you know, Christianity is the way? Are all the, the brightest people in the world? Are, are all the scientists? Are all the, well, no, not all. Some. Some scientists, some philosophers, some that are really, really smart. <laughs> and yet, because of their tenderness and their humility of heart, no matter how smart they are, how many doctorates they have, they go, you know what? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's all I need to know. Amen? Amen? And you know what? Here's what I want to tell you too. Too often the wise and learned think that their superior knowledge gives them some spiritual advantage, but Jesus says, not so. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. 
Sometimes when you look at the rich and famous and that are on the TVs and the movies and the stars and all the rest, wow, how come not many of them are, you know, following the Lord? Some are, but many that are not. Well, now you know why. Because God designed it this way. Look with me in verses 22 through 24. All these things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. For verses 22 through 24, all divine revelation is given through the person of Jesus. I have found this again and again and again and again. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was my pastor, and my heart hurt when I found out that he was gone from our presence. I know that he is greatly missed by so many. I always appreciated how he took time to talk to people. He was just so kind and full of love. I considered him not just my pastor, but my friend. And I'm thankful that this is not goodbye, as we will see him again in heaven someday. Listener comments are so encouraging. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Everything in the Bible points to Jesus. There were all these scholars and scribes and They had their commentaries, they had their charts, they had their graphs, they had their interpretations about the Messiah. And they could barely look up from their own genius and writings to pay attention to the real Messiah who's walking among them. Jesus looked at all these smart people and he said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have life and they are they which testify of me. One of the great things that as you read through the Bible, anywhere in the Old Testament or the New. And by the way, if you've never read the Old Testament, I exhort you and I encourage you, read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, all the way through to Malachi. You know why? Because Jesus is in the Old Testament, contained. Jesus is in the New Testament, explained. Jesus is in Genesis. Jesus in Exodus, Jesus in Leviticus, Jesus in Numbers, Jesus in Deuteronomy. He's in every book from Genesis to Malachi and obviously Matthew to the book. of It's all, every one of the 66 books point to Jesus. All 39 of the Old Testament talk about Jesus. All 27 of the New Testament point to Jesus. Every prophecy is about Jesus. The Father, you wanna know God? The Almighty, the All-Powerful, the All-Knowing, the All-Seeing, the Omnipotent, Omniscient, Omnipresent One. He says, everything you want to know about me is revealed in my Son. And then Jesus could say, he that hath seen me has seen the Father. You want to know the invisible God? Look at the visible Jesus Christ incarnate in the flesh. 
And so Jesus is the source of revelation about God because only God knows God. And Jesus is the revelation of God in human flesh. And I want to, you know, say this. Love of God is far more important than knowledge of God. Don't just gain knowledge. But once you love him, then get to know everything you can about him because then you'll fall in love with him more. And the purpose of learning more is so that you can just love him more. Amen? The Holy Spirit will always bring you to Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord will always point you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always be revealing things to you about Jesus in every story, every parable, every prophecy. And to know the Son is to know the Father. No one knows a Father better than a Son. So, you know, sometimes people here go, okay, Pastor Ray, all I ever see you and know you is, is, uh, you know, you're in the pulpit. You know, you're three feet above the ground, there's lights, you know, around you, and you've got a Bible in front of you. What are you really like? I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) But one thing you could do is ask my son Daniel, what's your dad really like? Oh, my dad is so weird, you'd never believe it. (laughs) Daniel knows me. And it's funny because um, this last week, somebody that I've known for somewhere around 30 years just died recently of leukemia, but he's, he's with the Lord now. So the family came in as we're just sitting and talking and, and you know, trying to get ready for a memorial service for him. And what I found the most fascinating, and by the way, the time that, that is very healing is sitting down and asking the daughter, tell me about your dad. I knew your dad in one way, and the people who work with him knew him in one way, and, and just, I knew him from going way back to the North Park Theater, Jesus People Days, as a hippie coming into this weird church with all these crazy, nutty people from radical walks of life who came together and got captured by the love of God. I knew him from those days. So I knew that, you know, Jim. She goes, well, let me tell you what you didn't know about your dad. My, you know, my, his name was Jim. Jimisms. These were the weird things my dad did, and these were the funny things that he said. You know how every family has a weird sense of humor that only they know, and they're laughing? And so the son said, this is, let me tell you this about, he always, and as soon as they would say something that was uniquely to them, but it would, you would only know it, you wouldn't know it at work, you wouldn't know it as a, a neighbor, you, you wouldn't know it unless you were domestically living in with that family for all those decades or grew up with him. That's the way you would know that side of him. Isn't it then also true that in that, that personal side, domestic side, if using human language, you really want to know God the Father? Talk to the Son. The Son knows the Father and can reveal the Father to you in a way that even the glory and the beauty of the creation and, and all the things that God has made and, and everything else uh, cannot. He totally, completely, thoroughly, personally, intimately can tell you and reveal. In fact, so much so that if you know Jesus, you know the Father. That that is tremendously exciting to me because God is a mystery. No man has seen God. No man can see God, the Bible says, and live. The Bible says that God dwells in light that is so burning, brilliant, and powerful, it's unapproachable by men. For eternity, we could never know him. But out of that light, unapproachable, comes the sun. 
from the heart of the Father and reveals Jesus to us. I am so glad that the Lord has, has made it in, in such a beautiful, simple way. He, he gives us fathers, and we can be sons and or daughters and learn what it is like, that, that personal, in-the-home kind of understanding. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom He made the universe. Through whom He made the universe. That's Jesus made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on higher in heaven. John 1, verse 14 and 18, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And here it is again. No one has seen God at any time but the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom, meaning from the heart of the Father. He has declared Him. This makes Jesus everything in salvation. He is the A to the Z. He is the Alpha to the Omega. He is the Aleph to the Tav in Hebrew. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Revealer. He is the Redeemer. He is the Savior. He is the Keeper. He is everything both now and forevermore. And I love this. I had to put in this last little Revelation 5:13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. He is so awesome. He is so amazing. And you know what's so exciting? Jesus is here. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was crucified, buried, resurrected, glorified, is here. For we are gathered together in His name. Everything you need, according to the riches of His glory in heaven, is made available to you. And it doesn't matter what the Dow Jones does or the S&P 500 or your boss at work. Everything you need is in Jesus. You have Him, you have life, you have eternal life. You have everything and every reason to live and to walk with joy and love and the overflow of the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with insights on the sufficiency of our Savior. Good encouragement today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled Divine Revelation. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com.
That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can, too. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.